Hello, and welcome, my love. Come on in, sit down and relax. We got a full week of video game frivolity coming your way. Make sure you follow us on all the socials at Another Castle CA. The frivolity will continue there. This week, Twitch no longer the streaming hotspot, Democrats trying to stop the bots, and Nintendo trying to rewrite the plot. My name is Jordan D'Souza, and the good news is, as always, I'm joined by Diego Cochting, and I'm Rodrigo Cochting. The bad news is that your podcast is in another castle, episode 25. Episode 25, gentlemen. A little spoiler for later on, episode 25, the finale of season one. We thank you all for joining us on this season finale episode. We hope it's less confusing than all of the season finales, of, but we'll see. Did we get renewed? I mean, we're we'll going to have see. to find out. And we're we'll going to have to contact the network. We did We did spend a lot of money trying to remake games and stuff like that this year, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We put all that money into that uh, badass song for our intro and outro. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, the amount, if they actually took the amount of money we spent to remake these games, then for sure this is probably the biggest money-losing podcast <laughs> that's ever existed. In the history of podcasts. By far. Gentlemen, I have more important things to discuss than losing money. I have some housekeeping. And I must discuss the Casty winner for the Game of the Year for 2015. The nominees were Rocket League and The Witcher 3. We put the vote to the listeners on our Instagram page at another Castle CA. And they voted for the winner of the Casty for Best Game of the Year 2015. It's Rocket League. Woo-hoo, Is it Rocket, Rocket League? League? No One. way. That's surprising. That's took actually an, pretty cool. Took, pretty yeah. cool, I gotta say. It, it took an early lead. I'm like, nah, it's fine. The Witcher stands will come in. No, those guys are too busy looking for spoilers on uh, the next <laughs> season or something like that. They did it's not show up on this mass. week, I think, right? That must be where all their their focuses is diverted Maybe. to because yeah. uh, Rocket League won. I mean, still deserving. I, I will be accepting yeah. the award on behalf of Rocket League, and I do want to give a shout out to The Witcher. I still have not played it, but I did buy it on the Switch, and I call it The Switcher. The Switcher. The Switcher and I think yeah. I just bought it to be able to say that, and then never actually played it. That's perfect. That's fine. That's so, why most. No, you know what it was. It. I I remember I played it, and then you go into this first mission, like you're kind of uh, I don't know, you go like you go like to like say a cottage that's kind of like a bar, mm. yeah, and they tell you. Keep a low profile, and I'm such an overanalyzer and overthinker that I was like, "So do I talk to these people?" You just, or stayed, I you just sat at the bar the so whole day. I, I just didn't talk to anybody, and then I stopped playing. <laughs> so it's like he's keeping a low profile to this Rodrigo, moment. Like yeah. video, video games is like the one place you can like stir the pot. You know, you can go in there I know. and like start some shit. <laughs> but I'm not like a rule breaker, right? So if they mm-hmm. tell me do this, I'm like okay. So then I just I couldn't <laughs> figure end. out what I was supposed to do. That was the end do. of the whole Witcher journey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's kind of like um i think it's one of the far cries i think they put it in a bunch of different far cry games where literally the the villain at the very beginning of the game you meet him and he's like oh just stay seated here i'll be back in uh, a few minutes and but obviously you're supposed to get up and like explore the place and then you get in trouble for doing it but if you sit there and stay there for like 15 minutes or something ridiculous he just comes back and he's like oh thanks so much for sitting there thanks and then he takes you somewhere and then the game just ends <laughs> Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, it's like a secret ending. So anyway, Rodrigo, congratulations on beating uh, The Witcher 3. You're the only person who actually <laughs> stayed and didn't cause any trouble. Well done. So congratulations to Rodrigo, and congratulations to Rocket League, the casty winner for Game of the Year 2015. So, Rodrigo, I guess as the person accepting the award then, I will start mm-hmm. with you, because that's yes. 2015. I need to find out what you're playing right now. Rodrigo, Currently. tell me. Currently? What you playing? Uh, the answer is very simple because last week I was playing two games, Animal Crossing and Pokemon Shiny Pearl. Shiny Pearl. Brilliant Diamond. Shiny Pearl. Um, mm, sounds about right. And this week I'm only playing one. I've been obsessively playing Animal Crossing New Horizon. I'm back in. I'm like immersed in this world. Back in, I, haven't even, I haven't even played the paid DLC, which is apparently like the really good part of the DLC that they added because I was so far behind that I'm like catching up with like the other DLC that I had not done. I'd mentioned that um, I had downloaded this app. And so there's several parts of this. Like I'm still uploading some of my catalog to make sure that it's reflected and up to date on the app. Uh, there was villagers that I needed to move out of my village because they, they didn't qualify. They weren't cute enough to be living on uh, my island, which I thought was called Genosha, like the X-Men island. 
it was not. It was Krakoa, which is the more modern X-Men island. Mm. But, you know, I had forgotten what it was called. Mm. But I got uh, my 10 new villagers. It was a pain in the ass. Because to do so, I had downloaded uh, the NFCs for the amiibo cards that they would sell for each villager. And so basically what you do is you go into resident services, which is like the main building, and you invite uh, villagers to your island using that card and you have to do so you invite a villager and they have to go talk to them they'll ask you for an item and you that you give them that item and they're happy and they say oh i would love to come back and so you do this three times and at the end of the third time they suggest that they would love to move there but that there isn't really a spot at this point and so you're able to kick off one of your other villagers that you don't love so you you can, <clears throat> you can make a spot for them and so I did that for six villagers. I had four that I liked and uh, six that I needed to replace. And so it took me hours and hours upon hours to do this. Um, and then when I was done, I was like, okay, I'm finally done time traveling. Like I have my six villagers that I'm happy with. I'm going to invest in a lot of um, a lot of turnips, which is like the equivalent of the stock market in Animal Crossing for those that are not familiar. And I bought a lot of turnips and I, I was told at the beginning using this app that it was like a 70% chance of it being a large spike, which means that you're going to start like, say I bought them for 107 coins. I don't know what the what the bells, bells. 107 mm -hmm. bells. And then uh, the first uh, day was at uh, they were. So I, I have like my stock of turnips and then the store was buying them for like 97. So a slight loss for me. And then it was kind of going down. But the app was suggesting that I had a 60% chance of it being a large spike so mm. that I could uh, I could sell at, at, at up to like, say, 642 bells per turnip. So like a big, big profit for me, right? Like almost six times the investment that I did. And so I was telling Diego that can I borrow your switch that day and time travel on your island so I could <laughs> go and buy more turnips and make even more money and i was like i'll give you a cut like i'll drop some money off every time i go into your island to grab to buy more turnips like an addict asking for his family to just funnel his his, uh, his addiction just a little bit longer but wait there is more because now uh it's been going down and down and the odds have shifted it's no longer likely that it's going mm. to be a large spike it's looking like it's a decreasing pattern which means that every day i'm losing more and more money so again, on Saturday, I'm going to have to borrow his switch to time travel into a day where he has a high enough amount that I can sell these turnips that I've invested in. And the kicker to all of this is that I don't know if you guys are aware, but this Omicron variant has led to a crash in the actual stock market, of which I'm not hugely invested, but I am. So my real stock has actually gone down Shit. in value. But I'm far more concerned about this turnip situation oh, yeah. that I have going on, on in Animal Crossing. Also, because you know what? I have some control over Animal Crossing. I can time travel. There's nothing that I can do in the real stock market. Mm -hmm. I can't cure the Omicron variant, but mm -hmm. I can time travel to find a day where I can sell my turnip. What What a turn of events. A turnip <laughs> of events, I guess some would say. <laughs> yeah, it's been an exciting time on Krakoa. God. Is it, how do you, what's it, Krakoa? Krakoa, yeah. It's a mutant island, and it houses mutants, but it's also like an it's island also that mutant. is a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I was gonna say it reminds me of I think it's Krakowia, which was the con the fake country that uh, from the terminal where oh, yes yeah. Tom Hanks yeah wonderful role I don't know I, I I when I was a kid I used to watch that movie a lot and I'm like why am I watching this movie as a kid this is a weird movie for kids to be into I love <laughs> it though and Tom Hanks is like just always great you know like yeah. and for, maybe like in retrospect it's I don't. Like there's, it's not as good as I think, but I just remember like there being that emotional moment and like how people were so endeared to him. Uh, I could talk about Tom Hanks forever. Anyway, <laughs> save that for our uh, our terminal podcast. Just I guess one one last thought on Animal Crossing. I also decided that I was going to give my uh, villagers uniforms, and so I bought like five matching dresses for the five female. Because I, I I when I was planning my villagers, I was like I need them I need them to show gender parity. So I have five female, five male. And I don't want any duplication of any animal because I want them to feel equal, right? Not like, like the deer are going to team up because there's more deer. And so I have to calculate them perfectly because on top of all of that, they have to be really cute. So it was like the perfect <laughs> 10. Anyways, I bought like five matching dresses for my female characters. I need to find five matching, like, I don't know, whatever clothes for my male villagers. I guess I could just do dresses for everyone, but that's not, I guess, like the image that I have in mind. And then I'm thinking like, 
This is getting like very Squid Game, where I'm controlling mm. their lives and allowing. Them I was to just do gonna. Only- I was just gonna tell you, you should dress them up like uh, the like participants <laughs> in Squid Game. Like you, it's getting very it, close it's weird to that. that you can actually do that, right? Yeah. Don't you yeah. don't you have like a character that already has like the like the yeah she has a, the, a zipper a, a greenish uh, zipper jacket yeah. Well, congratulations on becoming the dictator of your Alan Rodrigo. I, I look forward to how uh, <laughs> this uniform can policy is going to work out. My level of enjoyment in Animal Crossing is higher than when I first started playing this game. Yeah. Not good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I'm, because I'm, I'm better at back. it at this point. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Before you're just kind of wandering around not doing whatever. Yeah, this I was like, you totally understand. Like, now they figured out so much of this game that there's so many, like, wikis and apps, like, all these stuff that I'm using that it's like, I'm killing it at this game. <laughs> Oh, Except this, this fucking turnip market that's killing me, but I'm travel. <laughs> One thing at a time. Diego, this week, what you playing and have you forced all of the people in this game to wear the same uniform? Uh, no, because I can't do that. Because uh, as you've heard, Rodrigo is almost controlling my island as well. At this point. <laughs> um, They're going to be in the uniforms that Rodrigo made. They, for this they are going to end up in those uniforms. Yeah. I'm so, going to have like a backup 10 villagers on his island. Yeah. In case I'm my <laughs> island is just basically going to become an extension of his island at this no. point. Um, Araco. Yeah. So I really, I really haven't gotten back into Animal Crossing. As I said, I it's like it's very time consuming, as Rodrigo's been describing. And uh, you know, I don't know if I, I feel like getting back into that game. Maybe I will, depending on how much of a cut I'm getting from uh, Rodrigo's turnip sales. From what I hear, it's not going so well right now. But, yeah, not you know, much from what from the story. That's kind of what like investments are like, anyways, right? So you guys just kind of gotta wait it out to see how it goes, but. We'll see. But this week I've been playing uh, the 2015 winner of the game of the year, mm. Rocket League. And the uh, game is still great. Still amazing ever since it launched several years ago now. Well, that's um, game of the year. That's why it's game of the year, of course. And uh, as I said, it's a more casual thing to play. Uh, I do. Even though it's casual, I do get like hooked sometimes and I, re- I don't realize it, and then just hours fly by and I've been playing for like the longest time. And, you know, uh, I, I would say I, I just I want to just like uh, suggest that maybe we the three of us play Rocket League one day since mm-hmm. uh, it's free to play. And I think uh, we can all play it on the PS5. I think we should team up and take on the Internet, see how good we can do. Uh, as long as you do well, Rodrigo and I will play defense. Yeah, man, we'll do great. Don't worry Don't about assume it. assume that I'm Don't bad. worry about it. <laughs> we'll do great. That's fine. <laughs> you want to go forward. That's your that's your funeral, man. So, yeah, look, I, I love when you're in that middle position and you're the one that has to hit, hit the like accelerator immediately to hit the ball. Oh, that's yeah. good. You, that's my favorite. You can be. You, yeah, that's a good position to, to have. But like you're also like the last like line. So if you mm-hmm. miss that ball, that's it. We're in trouble. But, you know, I'm I'll, like we'll play it. I'm sure we'll get better the more we play it. But uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. The other thing I've been playing on my PS5 is Genshin Impact, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Uh, I gotta say that it's, it's definitely worth of uh, being cloned, when, being called a Breath of the Wild clone. It definitely lives up to that name, I would say. And recently, it got a big update, which, uh, if I'm being honest, I didn't play this game enough to even understand what they're updating in this game. But <laughs> it got a big update, so there's a lot of hype around that game all of a sudden. But I'm really enjoying the combat of it. It's a lot of fun, and along with the puzzle solving, as I mentioned, it's it's very Breath of the Wild like. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Another free game, if you want to give that a try. Uh, I would recommend it to anybody. And lastly, I had the opportunity to go back and play some Smash Brothers after a long time. And that game is just amazing. Um, Other than the online being like the worst possible coding that you'll find in any fighting game, I'd say the game is truly a masterpiece. Um, And of course, the game truly shines when you're playing it offline with friends just sitting next to you on your couch. So yeah, I had the chance to do that again after a long time. Uh, I went back and I tried Sora. I gave him another chance. And I do like the character, but he it just bothers me that he doesn't have like a spike move. And I think that's very important in Smash. There's nothing more satisfying in Smash than spiking an opponent to, you know, to just beat them out. Just assert your dominance. Yeah, for sure. And so, and that's the one thing I think he's missing. But I've been watching like uh, some Zachary videos, which is this um, uh, Japanese kid that plays amazing Smash Brothers. And he's been playing with Zora recently. And, you know, I can see the appeal of it all of a sudden. So I think I'm going to have to 
uh, lab that character a bit more, go back to it and see if uh, if I can improve my gameplay. Because there's certainly different ways of like getting those uh, knockouts with Zora, right? But as I said, it's not the traditional spike move that I enjoy doing. But I think I'm going to have to like practice it more and see how I do uh, with the one-on-ones online. Well, Nintendo has never been uh, known for their online services. So I'm, I'm glad that this trend is continuing here. Mm-hmm. As long as it's playable, <laughs> I guess, then it's, it's good enough. For what yeah. You- yeah. Well, splendid. Well, this week, I finished up my library games that I got. So I got FIFA a few days before Life is Strange Before the Storm. Not Before the Storm. That was the next one. Life is Strange Two Colors. That's the one. There's too many subtitles for these series. And my plan was to start a FIFA career mode, play it for maybe three days, and then get a full week with Life is Strange so that I could finish that. And I got two into the FIFA career mode. I borrowed Life is Strange from the library, and then the same day that I brought FIFA back was the same day that I brought Life is Strange back because I did not get to play Life is Strange at all. I got far too into this FIFA career mode. (laughs) The problem was that when we got... So we went from the fourth division to the second, but in the second, you still barely have any money. So I literally made one signing, and then the rest are just free agents. But because the free agents is kind of broken in FIFA now, where there's just like so many very good free agents, like my team has barely been upgraded from the third division to the second division because I'm basically still just buying what is the best free agents available. <laughs> so that's a weird FIFA-related complaint that I have. And I guess it's fine because they're, it's, the team gets better rather than me having to pay money for them. Anyway, it's good. I wish I did get to play Life is Strange, but it's at the library. So I'll just borrow it again. That's how the library works. A game that I did buy, though, because it was on sale, was the actual Guardians of the Galaxy game that I wanted to play. So that game, I have actually started. And I feel like this is the game that I wanted the Telltale game to be. Everyone's cracking whips. They're cracking jokes. Uh, It's real, real good. The action is very, very good. I have only played a little bit of it, so I haven't gotten super into it. You have, like, the ship that you do in Mass Effect where you have to kind of go through and see how everyone's doing and check in on them, which is very tedious, but I love it because I love tediousness in games like this and it's just great i am a big fan of it the quips from drax aren't as funny as i want them to be but i think that's because i'm used to dave batista and everyone else is just a pale comparison (laughs) in in my book but yeah no the game is very very good the game starts with you as star lord and you're like looking in the mirror and you're just like checking your teeth for stuff and you're fixing your hair and this scene goes on way too long but it's the thing when it's going on too long that it's not funny, and then it goes on just a little bit longer, and you're like, this is perfect. This is, this is really good. <laughs> it's one of those. It knows exactly what it's doing. It's real, real funny. It's real, real good. Uh, I'm probably not going to get to play it enough to nominate it for Game of the Year, but I think it's real, real good. Very much enjoying it. Nice. So we hope that you've all been really, really enjoying this podcast so far. We hope that you really, really enjoy these words from our sponsors. Your podcast is in another castle is brought to you by Layered Butter. If you love movies, there's one book that you need on your shelf, and that's Layered Butter. Each issue is a deep dive into famous directors like Quentin Tarantino, genres like modern horror, or even famous characters like James Bond. Insightful essays are paired with breathtaking art inspired by the movies to make for the one book every cinephile needs. Head over to layeredbutter.com store and buy your issue today we're back this week we got a lot of news to discuss so here it is here's the news we're gonna start off with the streamer with the most subscribers on twitch leaving for youtube gaming so i'm definitely gonna pronounce this correctly ludwig agren who in april set a world record for the highest number of subscribers has left the platform and will now be streaming exclusively at youtube gaming So official terms of the deal weren't noted, but streamers who made similar moves from Twitch to YouTube note that they have way more flexibility and time to spend with their family and have very, very much more lucrative deals. So Ludwig made a video where he announced this change by blowing up a purple car, which was supposed to represent Twitch, and then driving off in a red one, which represents YouTube. A song plays in the back, and he jokes that licensed music won't be a problem while driving in this car. The person who previously had the most subscribers on Twitch was Ninja, who also left the service to go to Microsoft's, Microsoft's streaming service, Mixer. I can't even say it because no one goes on Mixer. <laughs> Diego, I begin with you. It seems like 
there's kind of this mass exodus of gamers from Twitch to other platforms these days. Is this kind of an immediate concern that Twitch needs to find and a way to rectify, or is the brand of Twitch so synonymous with game streaming that they'll basically just replace these people who leave with new ones coming up? I mean, it's that's definitely the case that Twitch is the big name in video game streaming, but it's kind of like um, Netflix, right? Because they're the big name in video streaming, for sorry, movie streaming for like the longest time, and then all of a sudden. Uh, Disney and everybody else realized like, hey, we can get into that market. And that's exactly what's happening. And this is a big signing for YouTube. I mean, if you think like YouTube has always had an eye on Twitch's market and they probably feel like kind of like kind of like Twitch beat them to the punch. It's almost like comparable in a way to what like Skype must feel compared to Zoom. Like all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. you know, when the pandemic happened, everybody was using Zoom. And then every, like people at Microsoft must have been thinking, like, what happened here? Like, how do we drop the ball on this one? Skype, yeah. this was our moment to shine. And mm-hmm. I think YouTube kind of feels the same way with the video game streaming. They they obviously are the platform for video streaming, right? And it, it would have been so easy for them to just extend that and make it into like video game streaming. So they're trying to catch up now. But the thing is, uh, YouTube is not just any company. It's owned by Google. They obviously have a lot of money. So what they're deciding to do now is just outright purchase out like the talent from uh, under Twitch's nose. And it's a big deal because like they're throwing money, they're throwing like better deals at these guys and these they're, they have no problem like jumping ship. Right. And I, I do believe that like a lot of people, if you watch like, um, you know, a streamer on Twitch and they make that jump, you have no problem doing that jump because everybody goes to YouTube anyways. Right. So yeah. now it's just going to be a matter like, I guess I'm going to watch like uh, Ludwig now uh, on YouTube instead of um, instead of Twitch all of a sudden. So it is it is time for Twitch to kind of be like, you know, I think we have to be more aware of what's happening around us. And they are probably going to start offering better things to their streamers because they are going to start to realize that they're going to be losing a lot of them. Right. And as, as we've seen, they've already taken like big names already. They've taken Ninja. Now they're taking Ludwig. So who knows who's coming next? Like a lot, they're going to start a lot of losing a lot of their people. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing for the most part for creators. We're all convinced at this point that Twitch and YouTube are the new television as is. So uh, it just, it's, it seems like good news to me that hopefully like these uh, YouTube, these content creators just keep on getting better and better benefits from, from the companies that obviously make a lot of money from what the, from what they are producing anyways. Right. I think if he went over to like, because Ninja going to Mixer was a bigger jump for everyone because no one is looking at Mixer. No one's thinking about Mixer. So everyone has to actively mm-hmm. go out of their way to get Mixer. But the move to yeah. YouTube gaming is everyone already has a YouTube download on their phone anyway. So it's really just one click separated from a different click that you're making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even so, like uh, the fact that Ninja made that jump, like it, like nobody knew about Mixer. That's true. But then. Ninja announces like, hey, I'm going to be on Mixer. And then all of a sudden people know what Mixer is because Ninja is a big deal. Right. So that's that's it. And it's going to be similar to the situation. We might see other platforms do the same thing. So we'll see. We'll see how this ends up going for Twitch. Indeed, we shall. We'll see how it goes with Rodrigo. Because Rodrigo, I must know, is this is Twitch kind of in trouble here or do they kind of keep churning through these people that they're they're not worried. They'll just find the next guy to go ahead and promote. Because, I mean, a lot of people thought it was kind of this way with Ninja, but then Ludwig came in and had more subscribers than him. No, I think they're definitely in trouble. I mean, because I guess, like, what, what? how do you define trouble, I guess, right? Because do I think that Twitch is going to disappear? Probably not. But if they can keep on getting more people to... Uh, it's kind of like two things, right? Like, what percentage of the market do you own and how good are you at develop, giving out your product to that percentage of the market? And so they are going to get have a smaller piece of the pie if YouTube keeps on doing this. And, you know, a lot of people that are currently on, on Twitch, they go live for their streams and then they upload a lot of that content to YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Because they know that there is already a built-in audience there, too, that can then take advantage of that content. And so having all that in one single place will probably prove beneficial. Now, I am curious as to whether the, these uh, these people like Ludwig that are going over, are they seeing better returns on their time invested into this platform because the platform offers 
better opportunities to content creators or is it a product of like the offer to to attract them to that platform right which is not something that everybody then would see but like Diego pointed out YouTube is owned by Google and so if you're going to bet against uh, Google it seems like you're probably going to lose that bet so Twitch needs to smarten up and figure out and what will probably end up happening is someone will someone of equivalent power will end up buying Twitch right like Facebook or or Apple or somebody like that to to be able to to compete. Um, I I don't know specifically what the future holds for Twitch, but I just know that going against Google is no small thing. Just, sorry, just to clarify though, it's like uh, Twitch is owned by Amazon, so like that's not a small company either, right? Oh right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just a matter of uh, these two big corporations stealing each other's stuff mm-hmm. and. They're going to end up in a, a mood point with each other, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I do think like uh, the YouTube have being able to house all that content in one single place will give a lot of benefits to people who already do like Twitch on one day and then upload their content on YouTube to the next. That was one thing I was noticing because there's a guy, I don't really watch his streams because I don't really care for live streams, but then I'll sometimes mm-hmm. I'll watch the videos on YouTube. So I'm really only, I'm watching all of his Twitch content, but on YouTube. So I guess yeah. for these people, it's like... Why why save the trouble of going from one to the other when you're already here? Just keep it all here. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. Next up, another story that I have that I didn't have a transition for, so I'm just going to go right into it. <laughs> Democrats in the U.S. It's hard to talk about Twitch and then Democrats. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Democrats. Things that are probably going to lose out in the next year. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Other thing that's going to lose out this year is Democrats in the U.S. They have announced a bill aiming at stopping bots from buying all your consoles and graphic cards. So unless you have a troll friend named Andrew Perucho, you likely don't own a PS5 because of these bots. So a group of Democrats are introducing the, this is an act, this is actually what it's called, the Stopping Grinch Bots Act, which is a terribly <laughs> named proposal. It's aimed at stopping the use of bots to snatch up goods from online realtors. It's actually a reintroduction of a bill that they tried to put in 2019, but never really got any traction. Uh, they're kind of hoping that the timing of this one will see it uh, brought a little bit more to fruition because clearly they're trying to prey on the holiday shopping fears, items being out of stock because of shortages everywhere. So they're they're really using this time to kind of get this bill passed. And it's very it's very smart timing on their part, I'd say. In terms of how the Stopping Grinch Bots Act would actually work, it would be based on the Better Online Ticket Sales Act, which has been used in the past to curtail the buying en masse of concert tickets. So it hasn't really been a big help there because they're still doing that. So now, the whole thing is really a lot easier said than done. Any attempt to crack down on these bots would require the cooperation of all retailers who basically have no incentive to imply these changes because they don't care who's buying it as long as someone's buying it. Another issue just seems like simple supply and demand. Seems like the PS5 isn't in short supply because of the bots. It seems like it's in short supply because there's short supplies of fucking everything right now. Mm -hmm. So Rodrigo, I'll begin with you. Uh, it seems like a good first step that lawmakers are actually trying to do something about this, but there seems to be a lot of roadblocks, I guess. Do you see this actually passing? And if so, will its implementation actually allow more goods in people's hands? I don't see it passing only because uh, the current status of the U.S. is uh, very uncooperative between... like they ha- They struggle to pass anything, right? And right now... The Democrats have a slight majority in both the House and the Senate, and so they should be able to pass things. But even their more moderate um, counterparts struggle to, to to fall in line and be able to, to present a unified front to, to to pass something. Like they have legislation that is much more, I guess, like popular and fundamental for people, like childcare, uh, you know, maternity leave, and they can't pass that. So the idea that they are going to come together on this law seems unlikely to me. But now, whether on the content itself, I do think that it is, it it deserve it has a lot of merit and deserves a lot of attention because I do think that we are uh, living in a world where the consumer is being taken advantage of here, right? And uh, countries like the United States have organizations in place to protect the consumer. And so this legislation would go forward to be able to ensure that because, you know, like you mentioned, companies have very little incentive to do that on their own. If their purpose is to sell a PS5, it doesn't really matter to them if they sell it to you or somebody with, uh, you know, a million bots 
because in the end, a sale is a sale to them. So that is where uh, governments need to step in and regulate the free market to make sure that they are that companies are not taking advantage of consumers. It is getting incredibly ridiculous. I mean, this is not obviously a video game example, but buying tickets in this day and age, at this point, it's almost like the only people that are winning are the StubHub bots. You know, it's like you end up buying your tickets from StubHub, which is mm. incredibly, I don't know, it's just ridiculous. And and especially, like, I guess more so for tickets than for this example of video games, but you would think that the people that are, like, say, the 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 initial creator of the product, so musicians in this case, or say Nintendo or Sony, what they want is real people being able to achieve to obtain their product because they or interact with their product because that is how they can grow a fan base. And so I don't know what processes could be put in place to stop that, but something needs to be done. It's been happening since forever and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But that is usually when things uh, are able to reach some type of critical mass that then the momentum swings against them and some legislation could come forward. Now, like I said, that being said, the, the idea sounds good. Do I think it will happen? Probably not. I think my favorite thing about uh, concert tickets is how Ticketmaster has realized that StubHub is taking all this money from the reselling of tickets. So you can now just resell your tickets on Ticketmaster. Mm. And I assume Ticketmaster makes money from you reselling your tickets on Ticketmaster. So mm -hmm. people are just buying tickets from Ticketmaster and then reselling tickets on Ticketmaster. So Ticketmaster is profiting twice from these tickets. So I don't... There's, there's no incentive for them whatsoever to put these tickets in people's hands when they could just sell them twice. Mm -hmm. So lovely. So Diego, I move on to you. On that, on that bleak note, mm -hmm. do you see this legislation passing and do you see it actually kind of making a difference in how people will actually be able to acquire stuff? Um, I don't know if I see it passing. As Rodrigo said, it, like it's difficult to get anything to pass in the U.S. right now. But it's I do see like the point of it. I... I it seems like something really important that needs to be dealt with. I, I would say mo mostly because like online purchasing is almost, I would say, inaccessible to the majority of the population, right? As like anything and everything that involves purchasing online, this is something that is in dire need of this regulation. Um, it doesn't seem fair that people have to pay so much in order to get like a toy or a console or anything really. And I, I think it will greatly benefit consumers. Like, I don't see how it's okay for someone who had nothing to do with the production of something to also be making uh, money from the product. And, you know, I guess it's uh, the same could be said about retailers, but at least the retailers transport products to local stores and make it accessible to you, right? There's a function to that. Where, like, uh, people using bots, on the other hand, are basically holding products hostage. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And um, so to me, like, like bot purchasing has just got out of hand. It's ridiculous. Like, I've actually been reading something about how people are scalping movie tickets at this point, which is insane to think. But like, you know, with the release of Spider-Man uh, coming out really soon, everybody's like trying to buy these tickets as fast as they can to watch this movie as fast as they can, because the Internet uh, being what it is, they know that they're going to run into these spoilers uh, sooner than later. Right. Mm hmm. So imagine it's being used for that at this point. So obviously in dire need of regulation at this point. And it's, you know, it's not the first time the U.S. is trying to do this. I hope that I guess they keep on insisting till they finally get to a point where they're, you know, it's going to get to a point where they're going to realize, like, you know, we need to do something because it's, it's getting out of hand. And I certainly hope it improves the situation because like people are just having to work too hard nowadays for far too little as it is. So that like something needs to be fixed there. It's a, like there's there's something definitely broken in the system if we have to pay like so much money, extra money than what like a product actually costs. Yeah, it's always fun to have to pay more than uh, what the company actually wants to sell you the stuff for. That's always been which is already an exorbitant amount. Yeah. Funny because like you hear all this thing about uh you know oh they do like child labor or something and it's like the flight of the Concorde said where are the benefits because <laughs> the the items are not that much cheaper what are the overheads here at this point we should just move all the manufacturing here because we're paying those prices <laughs> yeah so that's fine so from one thing that likely won't come to pass to a company who saw an issue and did make some changes so this. The headline of the story is uh, conflicting with what the, the stuff in the story actually is. So the headline read, 
less than 5% of managers at Nintendo headquarters are women. So I thought, this is going to be another Activision-like story where we're going to be shooting all over Nintendo. But no, mm-hmm. because it's Nintendo that's bringing us these stats. It's Nintendo that's bringing us these issues. So following internal comments by Nintendo President Doug Bowser, I love that his name is Bowser. I, I always find that very amusing. It, oddly mm-hmm. enough, he's doing a great job, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, but he's actually uh, in Japan. His name is Doug Koopa. <laughs> so Doug Bowser. <laughs> so following comments from Doug Bowser about the ongoing nonsense at Activision Blizzard, Nintendo has stated that a new commitment to increase the proportion of women in managerial positions across the company is now in place. So while Nintendo says it hires purely on competence and skill and doesn't have specific targets for the appointment of women to managerial positions, it will be working to increase the current rates. So the direct quote from their updated corporate governance document states, it is essential that we leverage the talents of a diverse workforce. Therefore, we are committed to respecting the personality and strengths of each and every employee, including employees from our overseas subsidiaries and developing an environment where employees of diverse backgrounds can maximize their potential. As part of these efforts, we are recruiting women and creating an environment in which women can build successful careers. End quote. Diego, I will go to you first. Uh, When I saw the headline of their 5% uh, women management team, I thought, uh, let's put them between Activision and Ubisoft in uh, the pantheon of terrible things. (laughs) But no, seeing the actual story, it is an internal mandate. Uh, It changes things a lot for me in the way that I saw this. Does this feel more of a reactionary measure to kind of all the bad news we've been getting about these studios? Or is this genuine credit we need to be giving Nintendo for an issue they saw in their workforce and they're, they're actively trying to rectify? Yeah, I guess you can give them credit in the sense that they're trying to rectify it and not have it result in something worse later on but it's, it's like the when i read that that five percent of uh of nintendo like managers are women like less than that and it didn't really surprise me to be honest i'm a big fan of nintendo i just i love their games but i also know and understand that the company is run by old people and i i think uh all the issues we've seen with activision because kind of made all the companies look inward and see if they're doing enough in order to prevent this like sort of things happening to them. And that's just what Nintendo is doing right now. So Nintendo is a company whose main operations are based in Japan. And I think that many countries uh, in Asia have been a little bit slower to adopt like the more progressive tendencies that we're starting to see more common here in the West. This being one of them, of course, uh, that by no means is an excuse for them not to hire more people. It's just like, it's it's kind of a, a situation where it's like a wake up call for Nintendo. It's either something gets done now or you're eventually going to run into problems later on. So often Nintendo gets asked uh, to get with the times in regard to a whole bunch of things. Right. And this is definitely one of them. I think that Nintendo taking the initiative to diversify in this sense is greatly going to ben- benefit them later on. As I said, Nintendo as a company tends to not rock the boat when it comes to making their money. But I, for one, would like for them to start getting more bold with their game development, uh, see how much further they can take their franchises. And I think the key to that is to diversify. And not only would I suggest that they bring in more women, but um, they should start assigning younger people to direct your jobs just to start seeing which direction uh, to point Nintendo for the future. I think it's it's. It's time to like start seeing uh, big changes. You know, I, I know that they don't like to do that too much because obviously your Nintendo is in a situation right now where they're making a shit ton of money. So why rock the boat? But it's that's a, that's the only way. Like if you want progress, you need to see that change as well. So, you know, I, I guess it's in a way a blessing in disguise that this whole thing is happening from from like Blizzard because every all the other companies around them are definitely looking inward and looking to see if they're doing what they have to do in order to not be in that same kind of trouble that uh, Blizzard Activision is in right now. Diverse voices usually bring uh, better opinions with them. So maybe maybe we'll see if there's more than five franchises that they'll make a Nintendo. But that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not looking at Nintendo. <laughs> Rodrigo, next up with you. Is it credit where it's due or uh, more of a reactionary measure? I mean, in the end, it, it results in the same thing. But uh, do we give the credit where it's due or is it more of just uh, changing based on what they're seeing? Yeah, it's well, it's both. And I think that that is the credit that we need to give them, that they are changing based on what they're seeing. And that's kind of my thing, too, when it's like 
all these uh, companies, not just video games, they put out these statements about like, you know, we're learning or whatever. It's like, okay, the time to look like the message is out there, right? So you need to stop waiting until you get called out to put out some some BS statement and start being proactive about fixing the situation that you have because like, the numbers that they have, like it's even more egregious when you just localize the, the, the Japan headquarters where most of the decisions are made. And you look at the 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 women that are in some type of supervisory or managerial role, it's next to nothing, really. And there's two things, right? Like, there's always this argument that, like, oh, we should not be shoehorning in, like, you know, women or uh, people of color, like these kind of uh, quotas or, you know, like, uh, but the idea that people of a different gender or of a different color of skin are not uh, able to be competent or have talent is ridiculous on its face. Right. And so then you have to look at then what is the benefit to bringing these people and bringing in a diversity of opinions will help you avoid blind spots that you will then later on have to apologize for and try to rectify. So the best thing that you can do is what Nintendo is doing right now. So are they being reactionary to things that they are seeing in other places? Yes, they are. But that is what we are asking companies to do in this day and age, right? Like to go out, look at your house and fix your problems because it's not okay that this this continues happening. And I will say like once upon a time, video games, I think, were marketed and aimed for and perhaps to some extent even till this day to a male demographic. But that has significantly changed when with a lot of women and non-binary people enjoying playing video games. And then that passion that they have from their video games wants to put them in a direction where they're able to professionally participate in this field. And we will be better for it. But it's important that these doors start opening and these positions start becoming available for them so that we can uh, get those benefits from bringing in those perspectives. It's time to update the Game Boy to the game. Yeah. I don't think it's as catchy. It's probably not going to sell. The Game Genie, the Game Gear. (laughs) (laughs) There's other options here. I think those are taken, but that's fine. I like where we're going. It's good. (laughs) Next up, gentlemen, the quick bites, the little bits of news that you need to know, but we don't got to discuss them because we don't got time to discuss all these things. First, a 50-year-old man has been arrested by Tokyo police for allegedly reselling approximately 200 video game consoles and games that he was set to deliver. The suspect says he spent nearly all the money he made at the horse track. I don't want to hear anyone ever again talking shit about Canada Post. They deliver at least half the items that they get. (laughs) Steve Burton, who previously voiced... Final Fantasy hero Cloud Strife has recently been fired from his long-standing role on General Hospital after refusing to comply with the soap opera's vaccine mandate. In Portuguese, we call this a bem feito, which means well done. It's a much shorter way of telling someone they did something dumb, and they're dumb. <laughs> Cricket 22 has been delayed over its cover star's dick pic scandal. So this took place back in 2018. At the time, he was cleared after a private investigation deemed the exchange was consensual, but the investigation only took place because the woman receiving the message had lodged an official complaint. So that doesn't sound consensual to me. So you're welcome, everyone, asking us to cover more international sports games that aren't just FIFA. There you go. Cricket 22. In stores, eventually. Fans are bringing PlayStation Home back to life. So Destination Home is a non-profit project that has spent years trying to bring PlayStation Home back to life. While they do have an offline version available to play, Recently, they've been collaborating with another fan group, which has allowed them to make it possible to play PlayStation Home online once again, as it should be played. Public and private lobbies should be available later by the end of the year. Uh, For those of you who don't remember, PlayStation Home was on the PS3. You had your own little apartment, and you can customize it. There was a big courtyard area where you'd run around, people would play games and stuff. Uh, My favorite PlayStation Home moment was when I was with my friends, and we made like a very sexy girl character. And we would just go stand in the middle of the courtyard and then guys would just like flock and just like stand around us. So then we'd start to dance and then they'd start to dance. And then we'd immediately change the avatar to like this very unattractive man. And then everyone just stopped dancing and ran away. Good times. Bring back PlayStation. Red Dead Redemption 3 has been leaked by a Rockstar employee's LinkedIn. This is pretty much how all game leaks go nowadays. Someone updates their LinkedIn with what they've worked on. and They forget that you're not allowed to say some of that stuff yet. So considering 2 is a prequel, I have no idea where it leads them maybe it'll be like the guns that you have to manually load the powder into and then you have to like pack it in <laughs> i think that's going to be for maybe a you great keep time. on going back mm. so eventually it's like just jesus christ mm-hmm. the birth of the first horse 
I look. I mean, that's not where would it come from though? If it's the first horse, <laughs> hey, this is the chicken and the egg scenario, Rodrigo. This, these are bigger questions than we need to answer on this video game podcast. Sony has patented a new design that seems to suggest the company is working on a PlayStation controller for mobile devices. So pictures for the patent show what basically just looks like a PlayStation controller cut in half. You place your phone in between that. My phone feels hot just reading about all those games that you have to play on it. The National League and Policy Center, a right-wing organization that promotes ethics in public life, has written to Coca-Cola chairman and CEO James Quincy asking that he immediately seek the resignation of Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Koktick from the board's of directors for that company. Can I just say that you always throw in a K sound before the T that makes it seem like he's related to Diego and I, and he's not. <laughs> so Bobby, Co- Bobby Cockteen. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not related to that bitch. Oh. And that sucks because I have to talk about him every week. So every week yeah. you're just on it. Uh, the group notes it's time for action in this instance as sexual harassment in the workplace is not access- is not is unaccessible. Oh my God. It's unacceptable. It's very, hopefully it's unaccessible as well. <laughs> When you're the CEO and you're being canceled by right-wing groups for your actions, there's truly no safe place left for you. Mm-hmm. And I'd feel bad for him, but instead I won't. Yeah, you don't feel too bad. He's still getting paid millions while he's sitting there. This, this man is a CEO of this company and he's on the board at Coca-Cola. Oh. Yeah. He's just an evil man on an evil board for an evil company. <laughs> and here are some words from our not-evil sponsor. Your podcast is in another castle is possible thanks to the support of our good friends at Ola Translation. The Hispanic Ontario Language Agency, or Ola, is a translation agency based in Ontario, founded by four Hispanic Canadians who want nothing else but to help people around the world to communicate in their favorite language, Spanish. Head over to olatranslation.org and use code CASTLE for an exclusive discount only available to our listener. Say goodbye to Google Translate and say hola to Ola Translation. And we are back. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We got the hot and fresh games coming out this week that you got to play. So I'm going to start this week. The hot and fresh game that I'm going to be playing is called Chorus or Corvus. I assume it's Chorus, but they stylize it with a V instead of a U. And that's dumb. I, sh- I wouldn't have done that. So Corvus is an immersive single-player experience that tells a mature and dark tale of redemption. Take control of Nara, an ace pilot with a haunted past, and Forsaken, her sentient starfighter. Basically, a lot of real cool ship dogfights in space. Uh, ship had a bunch of cool powers from what I saw. At one point, it like went invisible and then reappeared somewhere else, and I thought that was real cool. Basically, everything I wanted from the space combat in No Man's Sky, but didn't get. So I'm really looking forward to getting what I was promised in the first place. Rodrigo, there's been a last-minute addition, and you have something hot and fresh. Give me the hotness. Give me the freshness. Yeah, this week uh, on the Switch, uh, the game that's coming out, too, is Big Brain Academy, Brain vs. Brain. This is uh, the new iteration of the Big Brain Academy series, which kind of came out on the, the first came out on the Nintendo DS as competition to the more successful Dr. Kawashima's brain training. Um, it's kind of known as being like a little bit more, more fun and friendly. But I was just going to recommend it because, uh, you know, as we are aging, the, the video game community is aging. One thing that is important is to keep your brain agile. And this is kind of the the sort of game that you can put on for maybe 20 minutes every day and make sure that your actual age reflects your mental age. And uh, yeah, so check it out. You know, check out some of these puzzles. Make sure keep your brain agile. We don't want, uh, you know, to get a, a variety of mental illnesses that can happen. Keep agile, everyone. As as that's what this podcast is always all about, keeping everyone agile. Mm-hmm. Also, everyone play Danganronpa on the Switch. The collection's out. It's very good. Or maybe it's not good. I don't know if they didn't optimize it well. But uh, <laughs> play Danganronpa. Danganronpa's good. Load up your Vita. Play Danganronpa on your Vita. I don't give a damn. As long as you're playing Danganronpa. Next up, we discuss something that is not Danganronpa. Or maybe it is. We'll see. We have our sub and remaster segment. This is where one of us on the podcast brings up a game that they would like remastered. The other two people usually just say, yeah, take all the money. We'll give that. But we'll say sub if we don't want it. We'll say remaster if we want it remastered. Diego, this week it brings us to you. What are we looking to remaster? So I want to propose that Rockstar immediately remaster the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition. They did <laughs> the re-remaster. Such a money. terrible job the first time around. They would greatly benefit from taking another, another crack at it. 
Um, but yeah, no, I actually have another game in mind. This week, I've spent a lot of time watching the Beatles documentary, Get Back, on Disney+. And it reminded me of how much I enjoyed playing the Beatles Rock Band game back mm. when that came out in 2009. So it got me thinking in the game Rock Band in general, and I was kind of missing uh, being able to play that game. So I think, you know, it's it was very popular for a good almost, I'd say, like five years where there was a craze there in rhythm games. And we all owned a infinite amount of plastic mm. instruments in order to play these games. Yeah. And I think it's like a, a lot of time has passed since like we used to play those games. And I think it's time that maybe we got a not not so much a remaster, but maybe a relaunch of the series, something like that. I, mm -hmm. I remember like Guitar Hero uh, back in the day, it was pretty much the game that started that craze. I remember, um, you know, going to Best Buy and then seeing that game for the first time. And then I tried it out and then I was so into it. I, I just like would play it endlessly. I played like the two sample songs that you got in mm -hmm. like in Best Buy. I played them over and over again. It was such a great time. I spent hours there. I mean, not not even realizing that there was like a big lineup of people behind me. It, you know, I'd like to think that these kids were watching me and just impressed by my my guitar hero skills. But in reality, they were probably just pissed and waiting for their turn. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that game it, after playing it for just like so many hours that at Best Buy, I immediately went and I bought it. And uh, I was able to play it for like the longest time on my Xbox 360. And I really enjoyed those games, you know, I mean, it's I, it was weird to me because like I was playing it. And I was like, this is nothing like playing a real guitar, but right. But it's still fun. You know, it's fun in a different way. So uh, I, I definitely enjoyed that. So I was definitely into that rhythm game craze back in the day. I know my whole family was I bought Rock Band and I have endless amount of pictures of all of us just playing, you know, um, different songs that we, we used to enjoy back in the day. So, yeah, I, I think like um, as far as like relaunching, I think would be the best idea. I don't know if that game needs to be remastered. There's not much more that you could do graphic wise mm -hmm. other than to just get it on the, you know, the new consoles of PS5, the Xbox Series X. I think um, it would be great to be able to play these games again. But I mean, like, yeah, I think um, the 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 real issue here is going to be how do we get these people to buy these plastic instruments again? If we're going to relaunch this, I would definitely want to propose to harmonics if it's rock band that they please find, um, you know, a way to make instruments that are biodegradable or something. Because we have already too many of these plastic instruments that I'm sure like oh, yeah. are just filling up dumps at this point. So. That's one thing that they could address. Um, another thing that they could probably address, uh, as I said, they're not going to probably fix the game much visually, but it, I think Rock Band would kind of benefit from like this market of uh, pay, pay to play kind of situation, because then you would only have to pay for the songs that you want to, as opposed to mm -hmm. like having a buy to fight to buy a full game of, you know, with a list of songs that maybe you don't want to play, even though I did kind of like that because I did end up discovering music because of that. Right, but I I think it's like it's the models become easier for like a game like Rock Band where you can all just buy like the certain songs that you want. So then mm -hmm. I I think it's like a, a lot of time has passed, and due to like a lot of the circumstances that we've been through in the past couple of years, I would propose that you know, uh, Rock Band make a comeback, and I think it's time because like uh, much like the second wave of uh, COVID. Rock Band's going to go through like this up and down at the same time, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, like, we'll see something like that happen. I did see in the news recently that I think Epic Games is looking to purchase Harmonix. So I don't know if that's a sign of Rock Band making a comeback or maybe Harmonix doesn't start working on something else. But yeah, if they do, I'm excited. I think I'm down to start playing these plastic instruments again. And uh, I hope you guys are excited with me because I would love to guys to join me in my rock band. Considering, too, that now that since the online is better, they could do this kind of thing where they could do like a battle of the bands. You know, <laughs> we do a battle oh. of the bands. It'll be like a rock band battle royale format, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm. We'll get that to happen. So, yeah, uh, that's what I'm proposing. A return of rock band or guitar hero, either one. I was in before you proposed these new modes that will be better. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll just play Rock Band again. That's great. Let's do I it. remember I had Rock Band, I think, no, I had Guitar Hero 2 and 3. 
And then when I had Rock Band, when I could play the drums, that was when I was like, holy shit, this is like something really... Because the guitar was cool and it yeah. was fun, but it was like the drums was what really got me. Mm-hmm. So I had the drum set and I was just playing in my room and it was just very loud because it was just like slamming <laughs> on plastic all day. So eventually I had to put like a towel over the drum kit so oh, that damn. it would be less loud. But then sometimes you would be hitting like the side of the drums and it would be less precise. Mm-hmm. So it helped me work on my precision, to hit them right in the middle of the drums nice. so that I could actually get the sound registered. And it's, <laughs> it's perfect. The drums were my were my go-to. Yeah. I am all in on this Rock Band uh, remaster. Awesome. The drums were fun to play, I got to say. I mean, mm. I, I the guitar doesn't really match like a real guitar experience, but the drums are, are closer, right? It's not exactly yeah. like playing the actual drums, but you are kind of doing like the movements that you would do to actually play the drum. Yeah, you're rhythmically mm-hmm. hitting things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm into, I just like Jordan, I, I enjoyed Guitar Hero, but I enjoyed Rock Band more because you could sing. And I, I don't know if they added that later on in Guitar Hero, but I did enjoy singing. Like, that was my favorite part. Unfortunately, I am cursed with not a great voice, but I am blessed with a strong desire to always be the singer, regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to remind you, too, that there was uh, another instrument that was added for Rock Band, which was the keyboard. The keyboard, that was yeah. also That was one of the last instruments that was added, and mm-hmm. it was actually really good. Yeah, I remember uh, Pat, he's actually pretty good at playing, like, piano. And mm-hmm. I remember he would play, like, Bohemian Rhapsody with that keyboard, and he was, like, pretty good at doing that, too. I was going to say, I remember the, D- the, the turntables when they tried to make DJ Hero with mm-hmm. it. But I don't remember the keyboard at all. Yeah, DJ Hero was its own game, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've also take, uh, yeah. partaken in the the rap uh, oh, rock band one, the Def Jam, <laughs> Def Jam game. Yeah, Def Jam, that one was yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that, and I feel like it's good that I don't remember that one. <laughs> you don't rap, buddy? <laughs> um, not tip- Not when there's people listening, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means myself as well. Like if I can hear it, then I, I shouldn't be doing it. So that's that's enough. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Diego. We're ready to bring out all the plastic instruments in everyone's closets. Uh, I think I one. I think I so I had two different guitars because it's two different sets, and then I had mm-hmm. a drum kit for PS2, and then I think I had a drum kit for PS3 after that. Nice. So I think I had all of this crap, and then I had to just give it all to Value Village or something like that. And they, they were probably <laughs> like, "We don't want this, sir. We're not." They must sell be anyways. swimming in guitars and oh like drum sets. <laughs> they must just throw it out. Like they must be saying, "Like no, we're not gonna. We can't sell this. No one's gonna buy yeah. this." <laughs> anyway, hopefully everyone buys the remaster of Guitar Hero or Rock Band. Actually, they did remaster Guitar Hero a little while ago. I don't know if you remember that. Did but they? then, yeah, it didn't really work out. So that's why we're going to remaster Rock Band. Because no, no everyone's tired of uh, those guitars. We want to play Rock Band. We want to play <laughs> We want to sing. And gentlemen, this does bring us to our final segment of the episode. The final boss that we must slay is one question asked by the listeners. If you want to ask us a question, make sure you put it in a comment. At another Castle CA, just put it in our DMs. Just don't send us DMs like the Cricket Stars and we'll be fine. This week, the final boss asks, should competitive esports gamers be considered athletes? I saw recently that uh, the Toronto FC's esports gamer uh, left their MLS team, which is a bunch of ridiculous things I had to say in a row. And uh, it led me to wonder if esports gamers should be considered athletes. Diego, I'll start with you. Are these competitive gamers athletes? All right, so my answer is definitely yes, and they are already considered athletes. Like, if you take into consideration that um, a lot of the times when they have to compete in different countries, they're able to apply for special visas that are usually given to athletes in the first place. That's something mm-hmm. that's already happening in esports, right? I think there's always been this debate about like sports having to be uh, physically demanding in order to be considered a sport. But you look at a sport like golf, and I guess it is somewhat physically demanding in a way, but barely compared to other sports, right? Or anyone that's played baseball in a beer league will tell you that that league was more about getting drunk after the game than actually getting into shape. Mm -hmm. So I guess it really comes down to as long as you get off your ass, it can be called a sport. So for the most part, just give these esports athletes like standing desks and then consider it a sport and that's the argument's done right there but i guess joking aside to me what constitutes a sport is that is the spirit of competition 
and the resolve that your brain might have to overcome the other person's or the other person or team's strategy. So that to me is what is a sport. And that's definitely that definitely applies to any esport if you think about it. If you look uh, at the working regime regimes of uh esport athletes, you'd be surprised to discover that it's not just playing whatever game they're into for like 12 hours a day. Like, yes, a big part of being an esport athlete is putting a lot of hours into your game, but as you also might imagine, like you get, you know, very tired of doing the same thing for long periods of time. So obviously they have to do uh, different things throughout the day in order to stay competitive. And, you know, since competitive gaming demands that your brain be at peak performance constantly, it's also very important for pro gamers to be healthy. So it's not just it's not strange to see um, to see these esports athletes working out, being working out at the gym or running um, as part of their their daily schedule. Uh, at least the ones that are taking it seriously, I would say, are very invested in their trade. They they are very, very much about like keeping these similar routines to like pro athletes, obviously not at the same level, perhaps. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's still demanding of them. Right. So obviously this this ends up uh, resulting this way because like esports is actually something that makes a lot of money. And now there's mm-hmm. teams, there's professional teams that are investing money. And they demand exactly what they would demand from real athletes out of their esports competitors, that they be in peak performance. So I like if anybody that takes anything with that level of seriousness and it has that level of competition as well, I think has to be considered a sport. If you also take it to the fact that maybe chess is that that one that kind of like, you know, people are like, is it a sport? Is it not a sport? It was a competition at the Olympics at some point. So it was considered a sport. It was mm-hmm. it was taken away at some point because maybe it wasn't physical. But the thing is, like, it's 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 at that line, I would say. It depends on how serious like these uh, people take it. In my eyes, I think pe- these people are athletes because they are very demanding of themselves in order to be able to to do what they do. The spirit of the competition, the physical ability needed pushes them into the athletic category for Diego. Rodrigo, for you, these esports gamers, are they athletes? Yeah, I mean I, I don't have too much more to add to what Diego says because I do agree. I think they are athletes. Like I I guess if you want to have a mental distinction with over athletes that are at some type of like peak uh physical form, you can if you want, but I don't think the the word athlete itself, like the origin of it, involves like people participating in contests, and that is accurate of esports esports athletes. Like Diego said, a lot of them also now incorporate like the idea of also having a good a variety of like physical health to accompany their their the mental acuity that is required for them to be able to be the best at these contests. But I do think like. You know, Diego mentioned chess, but it's not even just chess. Like currently at the Olympics, you can get uh, Olympic medals for riding a horse, for shooting. Um, You know, NASCAR is considered a sport and that's sitting on your ass driving. You can sit on your ass and drive in Forza. Like what is the difference between the guy that's driving in Forza and the guy that's driving in NASCAR? I mean, the only real difference I can think of is I probably would want to talk to the guy that's driving in Forza. Mm. And so I, I think you want to talk like, to those fans a lot more. Yeah. And so, I mean, I will say there's probably always going to be pushback to the idea of considering anybody that is not like, you know, the, the swimmer's body an athlete. But I think that's OK to make that distinction. Right. Like, because, like, e- again, like even in the Olympics, like. People that do different sports have different type of physical, uh, like they they excel different differently in 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 physical forms, right? So, for example, the people that are doing like weightlifting, they don't have the same type of uh, of uh, of form than than the swimmer or the the person that's like on the outfield in a baseball game doesn't look like the the NBA point guard, right? So, like, it's okay that you can't group these all in like oh these are all like peak physical strength no that you know like a variety like different competitions require different abilities and i think they're all athletes and you can still make the mental distinction in your mind that these are athletes of a, an esport variety and these are uh athletes of a physical sport variety mm-hmm. that's fair different categories of athletes mm-hmm. 
uh, I will preface with what I'm saying with uh, I don't care what people consider to be athletes. <laughs> if you want to consider everyone an athlete, then that's fine. It's like, Go for it. It's like a boomer everyone. question at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, it's, old people are like the ones that are concerned. Like, should they be considered athletes? Like, yeah, who really cares? I mean, to yeah, me. No, yeah, it's like, it's like the, the personal pronouns. It's like, oh, he wants to be called they, them. Then do it. Do it. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone is an athlete. And I'm going to go ahead and say, no, these aren't athletes. Diego is comparing these to chess and to golf. And he's like, well, if these are sports, then surely this is a sport too. And I agree because those are also not sports. (laughs) And no, there are no sports. If you can't physically make contact with someone, I don't think it's a sport. I don't, if you, if you have a bunch of people in a battle of the bands, it's a competition. Are these musicians athletes? Because I don't think so. I think they're musicians. If uh, me and Rodrigo sit down to have a, a reading race, he's going to smoke me. I don't think we're reading athletes. I, just because it's a competition, I don't think makes them athletes. Again, I don't care. If you want to consider them athletes, you you do so. But for me, there, there needs to be some kind of physical aspect where they're interacting with each other to be considered athletes, which is why I don't consider them. But I can understand why everyone else would. Oh, good. No, no, there's no blowback. No one cares that much about athletes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what it's, am I going to do? Convince you? An, You're yeah. not going to be convinced. <laughs> it's so. an opinion. It's an opinion. True. Oh, it's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you consider an athlete. And we'll let you know if we care or not. Because we don't. Everyone's an athlete. <laughs> that is how we consider the athletic competitions. So, gentlemen, this is technically the finale of season one, ending on episode 25. We will be back next week. We have a very special episode for you. It's going to be the casties. Everyone, put on your tuxedos. Get your fanciest bow ties. <laughs> We're going to be handing out some of the the awards that people are looking forward to. The award, the uh, video game award ceremony coming up. Nobody cares, Jeff Keighley. With mm-hmm. all due respect, people are waiting for the casties. They want to see what kind of categories that we're going to be awarding. They want to see if we're going to be able to actually make any physical awards. Spoilers, we won't. We think it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. We hope that everyone comes in next week to listen to these casties because we want to give out some awards. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure as always. Season one is about to wrap up. Next week, we have our award ceremony. But most importantly, it's dangerous to go alone. So take this podcast with you. <laughs>